All right. We're jumping right back in with Josh today. And uh, Josh, I think you touched on something earlier in the last episode that I think we should definitely spend some time on. You said that uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about what's going on in the supplement industry, right? And there's not enough people taking a stand to try and talk about these things so that people understand what really goes on. Let's talk about some of these misconceptions, right? Because I can't tell you how many times I go on a date and I'm like, yeah, I make supplements. Like, ooh, the FDA doesn't even regulate those. What are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, these people just don't have an understanding of what goes into making these products. Right? I bet there's people at home that um, this is really hidden home for, right, when we talk about this. Because um, I know Mike, he can't even go to a soccer game without getting bad looks. So I mean, what's some stuff that you've heard that doesn't make any sense? Well, I mean, for me, it's just, I mean, you, you know, I think all news is usually people want to hear bad news, right? If you turn on any news channel, I mean, it's all, there's no news channel that's doing really well that puts on good news all the time, right? So I think the the mass public, when they hear about things happening in our industry, it's, oh, this ingredient got recalled or this person, you know, died because they took this ingredient or these, you know, stores were, you know, selling a, some specific ingredient that, you know, the FDA says is not a supplement. So they're always hearing negative stuff, but I think I think we're creating a lot of value in, in helping people uh, live healthier lives with a lot of the products that we make. So, I mean, that's, that's something that I wanted to share with people as we continue to do this podcast and stuff is, I mean, the emails, the DMS, the, the contact forms that come through, uh, some of our platforms are just, you know, whether it's somebody that's used our products to lose, lose a lot of weight or whether it's somebody that's changed their eating habits or were able to, get away from certain allergies and, and fill gaps in their diet by taking some of the products we have. I mean, these things are all positives that you don't hear a lot of people talking about. And I think that's something that we could do better as an industry. I'm about to grab a bucket of popcorn. All right, Josh, you ready? <laughs> What's some, what are some of the crazy stuff you've heard? You know, I'll take a different angle of this more on the business side. And um, about four or five years ago, when I started to diversify my clients into more food and beverage and like personal care, beauty, um, you're in these boardrooms with these billion dollar brands and you start to get in the conversation maybe before the meeting, after the meeting, and they start to ask you a little bit of your um, like where you came from type of a situation. And there's always this you know kind of thing where I said, oh, you know, I cut my teeth in nutritional supplements, sports nutrition. And there was always this Ugh, like kind of that's where you came from like and all of a sudden whatever I said in that meeting either it was before or after they took it down a couple notches like uh, like should we trust this guy now because of um, you know that industry is definitely not maybe the most respected uh, from a business community standpoint Um, and I took that personal because I thought to myself like that's a knock on me one but you're also knocking a, a big chunk of my past a big chunk of what made me who I am and and what I told people that was most uh, important of why I loved it was because outside of maybe like the tech industry like innovation or the speed at which things can come to market there's not another uh, place that you can point to that that has uh, that speed that supplements and, and sports nutrition has so for me it was such a hotbed of learning I thought man I'm gaining so much more knowledge also from a standpoint the businesses are not billion dollar brands. So you have a lot of smaller businesses that you get to put your hands into a ton of different things. You get to learn a ton of different things. You get to see different patterns or sequences or whatever. And 
what it just came down to is that a lot of them looked at it and only perpetuated what they saw in the news as like, it's the Wild Wild West. Um, these guys aren't you know, doing anything morally or ethically right. Um, why aren't they just pharmaceutical companies? I don't understand you know, what, how they kind of fit into this whole thing. And they looked down on the business community in that world and said, they're not good business people. And what I've loved over the last couple of years, a lot with the uh, mergers and acquisitions that are happening, is that there is some validation because all these same CPG brands that I worked with before are now buying the brands in our industry. Um, so there's some validation to like, oh, actually there is some really great business people, really great products in the industry. You got to see through the trees. And I think that's with anything. But for some reason, they blanketed it. It's everybody was bad. And I took it personal. And that was part of reason of my content was also like, I got to help everybody elevate their game. So when they do um, get an opportunity to talk to some of these like really big CEOs or C-suite people at, at you know, CPG uh, portfolios, they would have the acumen to be able to hold their own so they would be looked at in a um, more positive way. So like a little bit different, um, but still similar. Like a lot of the news created this environment where people just unfortunately looked down on the whole community uh, as business people, not necessarily just on the efficacy or the safety of our products, but uh, just from how many great business people are there. They just think nobody, it has to just be a bunch of gym rats and and bros that um, are sitting around in stringers, you know, not, I think that's what people think. They, they see the Arnold Classic or they see the Olympia and that's most of the time the only, um, you know, experience they have with our industry. So they see all these girls in, in half dress and they see a bunch of, you know, guys that look like human clouds and they say, like, like that's what it's all about. That must be what the boardrooms look like. And it's not the case. If they would go to the Hyatt or they go to the Renaissance or something like that, then they would see there's some legit business people that are running these brands. You know, it's, it's a $45, $50 billion industry, but it doesn't get seen that way. My favorite misconception is if you drink this protein, you're going to instantly have muscles if you're a woman. (laughs) 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 You can't even imagine how many times I've seen comments on social media where we're like, oh, I don't want to take protein because I don't want to be big and bulky. But that's not how these products work. Yeah. Well, I think to, to what Josh was saying, right, I think a lot of industries that have a low barrier to entry have that kind of cloud that follows them around. Because when you have such a low barrier to entry to get into an industry, you, you do have a lot of people jumping into that industry that don't have to have the sophistication to start a business. So unfortunately, some of those people you know, speak for all of us, right? And I think that's where people who are doing it right have some sophistication. Starting any business is very difficult. Growing any business is very difficult. And being able to document that process is something I wish I would have done differently, right? Going from zero to where we are now and documenting all the mistakes and and being able to show people all the things we did to get it one step closer to right each time, right? And I think I think when you have an industry that is perceived as not sophisticated, the people who are learning, growing, and becoming more sophisticated need to be able to speak out and have a louder voice. At board meetings? No, I mean, not, not necessarily. I don't sit in board meetings with other, you know, um, 
C-level suite people from other brands and stuff like that. I mean, usually if I'm sitting in uh, a room with uh, people from those types of companies, we're talking about potential business and their manufacturing needs and stuff like that. So they're already in the industry. Um, I personally haven't experienced a lot of the negativity. Uh, but that being said, I think, you know, we have done a good job trying to tell a story. I think we come from a brand that this company started with a brand that was kind of all natural and non-GMO. And so even from our very inception, it was like we had very, you know, few ingredients, very clean ingredients. Uh, we weren't marketing to hardcore sports nutrition. So that probably helped me avoid some of the negativity uh, that I didn't experience as much along the way. <clears throat> I think there's like four things that we would constantly hear when I had shreds, right? Oh, um, you know, is your thing FDA approved? I'm like, what? So that's not how this works, right? Um, two, why why did you guys make something that's going to cause me cancer? Goddamn Prop 65, I hate that thing, <laughs> right? Um, I hear something about like, uh, um, I didn't like the way, you know, this tasted, right? And uh, I've opened, the, you know, the package, can I still return it? Uh, you know, I'd looked at them and I would just be like, would you eat like a half a sandwich and go back to the restaurant and I didn't like it? And like expect to get a refund. I mean, obviously, I gave them the refund because it's just the right thing to do. But um, I mean, how are you not gonna like chocolate protein with sucralose? I mean, that's like the most delicious thing ever. And um, <clears throat> I think the last thing that I would always hear is like, "Where's my package?" I'm like, "You just ordered it 30 minutes ago. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Where's my package? Like, why well, don't have tracking yet?" And um, See, on my, from my perspective, I think consumers get the wrong idea about brands because brands don't explain what the customer experience should be, right? You know, on Amazon, they'll have a little cartoon video of, like, a guy, you know, with the box coming down, like, the uh, the pulley system. The guy picks it up, puts it on the truck. The truck drives down the street, then it goes to that house, right? And you'll see the little prime tape that's on the box. But Amazon explains what two-day prime shipping is. But I feel like most brands don't take the time to explain what their experience should be. I think that's where that connotation comes in, right? And then it's so easy to, to not trust the brand when you start seeing articles, like what, what happened with like Jack3D in Hawaii, right? What happens with um, Muscle Farm when they get called out for, you know, spiking, amino spiking, right? All of a sudden, these things that people don't really understand at all, like it just all, <clears throat> it's like a girlfriend. You know how girlfriends never forget anything? Right, they'll bring up some fight from like no six problem. six years ago. <laughs> okay, these two men with girlfriends right now, not trying to get in trouble, but a girl will remember everything. Right, I feel like the population is just remembering something that happened five years ago and merely correlating it with your brand. But like you said in I think our last episode, by being able to find a way to create more content, more positive content, you know, getting people who want to create more positive content. I think so many people are focused on that content that sells to the end consumer and as opposed to creating content like Josh creates or like we create and trying to tell a story of an industry kind of from the inside perspective or the business to business perspective. Uh, so when you if you go on Instagram, I mean, the consumers are only seeing what they're going to see, what these brands and, and people are trying to portray to the end consumer. And I think it's a lot different that image versus the image that stuff we're talking well, Josh, about. Well, Josh, let me today. ask you, if there was one demographic that we should go after as like a coalition, like let's go change these people's minds, who do you think that would be? I guess I'd start at the the most impressionable if we're going to do it. So it's like Generation Z. Like they're 
and obviously the oldest ones because the youngest ones are not at the age of taking supplements and, at and this to be point. Clear, that but means uh, they uh, were born in a time where there was always internet, right? Yeah, so there's always internet, and then just at this, I think the oldest one is, is just turning 21 at this point. So um, at this point, they are the most influential uh, generation. Um, millennials were, and I think Generation Z is going to be more influential than them. So if you're able to get them to um, kind of tell the right story, they're going to be able to influence upwards to the other um, generations. So if you're able to attack uh, them, I think, in the right way, and I think that a lot of brands are starting to be a little bit more thoughtful towards that, be that through like uh, purpose-driven marketing or, or being a purpose-driven brand, um, also maybe sustainable packaging or whatever it is. A lot of the kind of the hot items of Generation Z worried, worrying about things that maybe are a little bit more um, outside of just themselves, um, more like altruistic. If you can get them to start telling the right story about the industry or, or just anything, um, I think it's going to help because they're able to influence up. But there needs to be like monumental changes probably before um, any effect of that can happen because you still have the loudest brands out there um, sensationalizing um, you know, their marketing through like uh, ripped people or, or these claims of the product that sound so outlandish that you're like, how does this even happen? Um, so it's going to take probably a lot of time before, um, you know, things start to change. But I think if I was going to attack a generation or a type of, per- I would attack the ones that are most impressionable and ones that also have the most influence up. Okay. So I just need to backtrack this. So my understanding of what you just said is that, um, we have a, an audience here, right, that you could reach very easily. And some brands are doing it uh, in a way where they're getting ROI, right, because they're using that sustainable packaging or they're organic certified or purpose-driven marketing or whatever it is, right? But the brands that aren't doing it right are making the problem even worse, right, because they're constantly showcasing all that stuff that immediately goes back to what all the other generations have thought. So, um, I mean, why can't we go after those brands that are just not doing it right and teach them ways to do it better? Is it because it just doesn't work for ROI for these brands? I mean, I think you're already seeing a little bit of that. Um, like the late cycle ones that have been doing it for a long period of time, like the legacy brands, they're dying. You know what I mean? They're closing their doors um, at this point. So a lot of the market is saying, we're not going to buy your product. We don't believe your story anymore. Uh, but there's still a lot of these brands that are a lot younger um, that unfortunately have not hit that life cycle that they're going to phase out. So new brands that are getting started, hopefully, will um, have the right fundamentals of what they, be that purpose-driven sustainability, be that um, you know certified organic ingredients or whatever the hot buttons are at the time that is going to be most important. You have them being the loudest to the youngest people. Hopefully then the market kind of grows them to a point where that is the expectation for all brands. So then all of a sudden, hopefully, people will either um, bend to that or they'll continue to try to beat their head against the wall and, and do what they've done for the last 10 or 20 years and they'll just die out like all the other legacy brands. So it's kind of hopefully the support is going towards these brands that are going to do the things the right way over trying to um, teach a dog uh, new tricks, each, teach an old dog new tricks. See, now I'm, I'm tripping up and I'm not even uh, the foreign guy here. So, <laughs> <laughs> But <clears throat> I guess like I get worried because you see brands doing like what Camel did, right? That you throw a, a cool little cartoon figure on a, on a, on a product and now kids are going to start buying it. <clears throat> I mean, it's like you said, right? They show a rip person or they show a claim that just isn't possible. 
I mean, how do you fight the misconception of those weird claims? I mean, I, what are some of these weird claims that products I, I, are here's, making? Here's my take on it. I think, you know, the industry started with this misconception that you drink this protein or marketing that I've seen that says you drink this protein, you're going to look like this guy, Ronnie Coleman. Pick pick somebody, you know, from the bodybuilding era, right? And we all know now that's not true, right? But for the longest time, that was what people were being told and they believed it. And then when they found out it wasn't true, there wasn't anybody that jumped in really quickly to tell a new story about what supplements really do for you and how you really use supplements and what benefits you should expect to get out of them versus what people are telling you you're going to get out of them that aren't realistic. So I think, I think it started on a shaky foundation. So trying to like unwind that is going to be the people who win or the people who are going to really understand this is what supplements do this is what these botanicals do for a certain you know condition that you may have or reducing inflammation or something like that and telling that story versus telling these exaggerated stories on how you're going to get really ripped and put on 80 pounds and stuff that's just not true for you know drinking a protein or something like that specific well let's answer the age-old question do supplements work supplements absolutely do work um they work Specific ingredients work for specific um, results, right? You've got to be able to tell the customer what those results really are and let them determine if that's the result they want in their life. You can't tell them a fake story about a fake result. Yeah, I think if you have all of the other kind of inputs um, kind of covered, like your your diet is appropriate to your goal, your training is appropriate to your goal, um, maybe your sleep or rest is appropriate to your goal, and then you add supplements, it's going to add that extra, you know, whatever it is, couple incremental type of percentage to help you. It's not necessarily, the word in itself, supplement, is supposed to supplement the key items of that, uh, of those inputs. Like, so if you're not doing those things properly, supplements are not going to work. Um, for the people that do and, and have the right regimen to whatever their goals are, they 100% work as long as the product is what it actually says it is so the sub <clears throat> so supplements work but they don't work if you take them by themselves i would agree i mean i think that they still have a yeah i mean they still have a small amount you're just you're probably not going to notice that they're working i think because you're not putting on all the other work in the other area like we're the magic pill type of a situation you know where people want to have that fat burner that all of a sudden they can take and still eat Big Macs and they lose weight. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I think that there was a pharmaceutical around for a while that was that was doing that, right? Which uh, it might still be around or not. It was creating some major issues for people that were uh, doing that. Well, when I, yeah, when I owned a fitness facility, right, and there was a lot of personal trainers working there and they had a lot of clients. I mean, one of the simplest things that using the word supplement is they were working with, like, say, a lot of women, even men that wanted to lose weight, right? I mean, if someone's waking up and eating Lucky Charms or pancakes for breakfast, and you all of a sudden say, we're going to supplement your breakfast with this shake that's 100 calories of whey protein isolate, you might mix some berries with it or something like that, and that person starts supplementing this ridiculously high-calorie breakfast with this healthy shake every morning, just that in of itself will clearly work if this person is working out and help them reach their goals, right? So, but again, that's a realistic goal. It's like you're going to drink this shake and you're going to replace it with something, right? You're replacing something that isn't good for you with the shake and it's going to help you reach your goals. Not you're going to drink the shake and three days from now you're going to, you know, look like, you know, some supermodel on a cover of a magazine. I think the question in itself is flawed. 
right? Do supplements work? I think that's just the wrong question. If someone's asking that, then they just don't understand what it means to go down an aisle in a grocery store and like pick out a product. The real question should be, how is this supplement going to help me get to where I want to get to, right? And I feel, I feel like not enough brands or not enough product knowledge exists. Like, you know, <clears throat> why is adding 20 grams of protein to my diet going to help me grow my muscle, right? I mean, I know the answer to that. I know Josh could probably write a whole term paper on how this works, right? But at the end of the day, I feel like just not enough people understand those pieces. And I feel like brands should take on that responsibility of educating and you know, they've got to educate them to a realistic expectation where I think is where we've been lacking in the industry for years. Yeah. So none of that stuff where, you know, like the Snickers bar, where when you're really bad <laughs> and like you're running through like a, a boardroom, but you, but, you take one bite but of this, Snickers I mean, and now you're calm. In itself is, an, is a misconception is I always tell um, a lot of these brands that are very focused on the science aspect of supplements and they are, you know, trying to um, overcomplicate the whole process, I tell them, you know, spend some time going to like a trade show or go um, do a demo at a GNC or a vitamin shop and really see like the education level of the consumers that are buying these products. And then you'll be able to then reach those, those customers much better if you understand where their starting off period is. There's different kind of um, complexities to the content that needs to be put out there. Um, you know, Sally from Iowa, maybe that eats Big Macs every day, she doesn't need the advanced um, topics. She needs to understand how does she make small incremental changes to better her life that she can build on that foundation over time, where our industry, unfortunately, always goes to this like ultra, um, you know, crazy kind of content where like they're talking about the most advanced subject matter and it's over a lot of people's heads. They're not even to that point yet. They're not, you know, they need to get to the fundamentals first, but the fundamentals are boring. The fundamentals now are buried. You think about training, you think about um, you know diet, all these types of things. Everything is super like specialized, and everybody's trying to make a name with like their their diets or their new Instagram workouts or whatever they're doing. But they could just be doing deadlifts, squats, bench press. You know some of the you know type of fundamentals that we all learned. Um, which was beat into us 20 years ago. Now that's buried in 20 years of the internet. That stuff's not out there anymore. So now all of a sudden people think they need to create these like crazy, um, you know, complex things. And that's getting back to the basics, I think, is something that brands, uh, you know, need to do because the misconception in our industry is that the consumers are much uh, farther along in their education of this topic. And they're not, if you, like I said, if you spend time uh, at, the ground level of where these mass mainstream consumers are at, you'll realize very quickly their education level in the subject of, of fitness, health, nutrition, supplements, whatever. Um, and you'll start to rethink uh, how you need to approach your marketing, your content, uh, anything in terms of the way that you are trying to reach those consumers, especially if that's your target market. Now, if you're looking for the you know super PhD, um, you know bodybuilder, whatever the point zero 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 one percent of the market then cool go after that but that's usually not the case for most brands okay so <clears throat> i think we're all in agreement chemistry is real you know you put a mentos into a, a coke bottle it's going to explode right so the supplements <laughs> work right but they just don't work by themselves and people need to understand their expectations and figure out how you know they're going to go on this fitness journey or this nutrition journey and and uh, you know really figure out what, what can help them get to that finish line Josh, man, thank you so much for coming down for the podcast. I think these are two really great episodes for the people. Cool. Any last words? 
No, I just appreciate you guys asking me to come out here. It's been a long time coming. I think a few years we've been trying to get this to happen. And now all of a sudden that you guys are trying to compete with me on creating a bunch of content, I figure, hey, we got to we got to join forces now and start making this happen. Why do we have to uh, take on this whole battle by ourselves? It's better to come together and do it.